Welcome to Was It Good? Today we're reviewing Shazam, the newest and goofiest DCEU film to date. I'm your host, Ravi, joined by my two brothers, Christian and Arjuna. We're breaking down Shazam, looking at the CGI, the worst and best parts of the film, and what the film really means on a deeper level. And yes, I know I said film weird. <laughs> I said it like film. 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 I, I actually uh, adds like a layer of professionalism to me. It, you know, every professional ever says some a word kind of funny, like cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. Pure professional. We're going to try something different. Today, we're going to do our one word impressions, and we're going to start with someone new. What? Krishna, go ahead. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm like, this is all I got on this podcast, man. Let's <laughs> go in first. One word impression. Amazeballs. Oh, for love of God, you can't <laughs> use... Okay. Uh, no, no, no. No, no, no. no more making week, up wa- last words. Oh, are you serious? It's way less interesting, but fine. Christian, we'll go, this is we'll go with amazing then. Christian, apparently amazing is... Real quick, if you continue making up words, <sighs> the youth of the nation, by P.O.D., will eventually pick up on those new words, and we will ruin the English language. Worse than Kofefe? Really? You're going you're gonna to pin that on me? You are as bad as Kofefe. I'm sticking with it. Amazeballs it is. Fine. Yeah, amazeballs. Arjuna? One word to sum up the film. Also, Arjuna, how how was your day? You know, sorry. Right. I don't care. Okay, well, uh, my one word would be average. Oh wow. Okay, well, my um, okay, well, my one word is going to be. Uh, I put it in the beginning of our intro. Goofiest. It's going to be a variant on that word, which is goofy. Goofy. The film was goofy. Nice. Oh, so we. That's nice. It's neutral. We don't. We can't tell if you liked it or not. Could be bad, could be good. It's good. It's a nice neutral. Do you remember a goofy movie? No. Really? So a goofy movie it was with the characters um surrounding like Donald Duck. Oh, like uh I I I've never I don't think I've ever seen it, but I I guess I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so a yeah. goofy movie. The reason I bring it up is some would describe that as go- a, a goofy movie or yeah. goofy. I wouldn't say that it was positive or negative. It was all negative. Really? That movie's terrible. Oh, okay. One of the worst things in the universe. Oh. We should probably have kicked Megatron out because he's he's fine. (sighs) He adds a little bit of flavor. No, he adds background noise. That's fine. Let's break down these words. Arjuna, let's start with you. Why why did you sum up the movie with the one word average Uh, for Shazam? I, I think just, you know, I think it's a generic superhero movie. I think it's it hits a lot of familiar beats. It has actually hits a lot of familiar older beats. To, you know, it reminded me a lot of the classic Spider-Mans from the early 2000s. It's weird to say classic for the early 2000s, but that, I mean, that's 20 years ago at this point. You're old. And uh, you're older than I am. And the, you know, it reminded me a lot of that and, and some of the X-Men stuff. So, yeah, it just, it, it just seemed like a, it kind of seemed like a throwback. And um, I don't think this movie necessarily did anything unique. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just average. I'm going to fight you on this because as siblings, that's what we do. Sure. Okay. We fight and have to disagree on everything. So I'm going to argue against the word average. I mean, let's look at the, we're going to go with this, the staple in comic book movies, Marvel. What, where are we at? 22 movies, 23 movies. And a lot of those movies are average. Right. So <laughs> if every movie is average, yes, then there's no such thing as above average, below average. Everything's just I average. Say every, I wouldn't say everything's average. I wouldn't say every single MCU movie is average. Some are below average. Some are very below average. Some are good. Some are even great. 
Uh, for DCEU, I wouldn't say every movie is average. Most of them are very bad. Except Justice League. It's great. <laughs> that was the first thing you said to me as we left. I Not start, as good as Justice League. I started I was like, la- you motherfucker. I started laughing as soon as I, like, as I was saying it, because I couldn't <laughs> yeah. complete the yeah, sentence. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't complete it. It was great. I also but, uh, looked around, too. I was like, I hope no one heard that. <laughs> wow, is that, like, an embarrassing thing to, like... It is. I'm like, <laughs> I'm a Justice League truther, okay? I believe in that film. It's fine. If I have Triple Frontier, you can have Justice League. I believe in Harvey Dent. But that Arjuna, is the Nolan trilogy. I have a question. If sure. if all other movies no longer existed and we lived in a weird world where there was only DCEU films, oh my goodness, the cat is up and knocking over Funko Pops. Actually, none of them have fallen over yet. Eventually. Anyway, would you consider this movie still average within specific to the DCEU? EU? No, it would be above average. Okay. Sure. And, and to clarify, you're saying it's an average superhero film. Yes. Okay. A super in, in terms of every superhero movie that I've ever seen, so that includes the original Spider-Man, the original X-Men's, you know, one-offs like Watchmen, the Dark Knight trilogy. You even can throw in the Incredibles there. You know what I mean? There's those are technically superhero movies. <laughs> there's there's a wide breadth of superhero movies, and I would I would put this somewhere in the middle. Does the Incredible nice. uh, real quick on the Incredibles? Do they have a comic book line? Ooh, I think they good do actually question. now. No, of the before movies. before the movie though, because that that should be what qualifies it as a comic book movie. No, but we said superhero movies, not comic Shit. book. That's a good one. We did oh, not yeah. say well comic done. book well here. I'm waiting for comic the live movie. action One Punch Man movie because that uh, would be a superhero movie. Give it some Correct. time, and probably Netflix would pick up on that. Ooh. I'm still not done with this. Even Hancock is a superhero. Real quick, so do you still though? So you you, you believe this is a average superhero film? Yes. Where does it rate in this other um, uh, pod- the other film that we did last week? Actually, our last podcast, <laughs> oh, Triple Frontier. Triple. Where, where, which, which is better, Shazam, a DCEU film, or Triple Frontier, a clusterfuck Netflix piece of I, garbage? I don't want to. I don't want to reveal all of my. I don't want to reveal everything yet. You know, our podcast builds to our result, and to to the end game. Oh, you get mother. out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just don't want to get there yet because I feel like if I say it one way or the other, I give my answer away. Oh. Interesting. I think Arjuna picked up a lot on his uh, earlier podcast on Monday. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, not. Hold he, back a little bit. He's not trying to do. Um, yeah. what, what, is gotta, it, what is this term? Grandstanding. Grandstanding. Actually, Arjuna, as we're, we're talking about, do you want to talk about the other podcast that we are producing? With yes. You? Bad Tacos Media has launched our very our second podcast of all time. It is called Empire Nation. It is a baseball debate podcast between a Red Sox fan, myself, and a Yankees fan, Julian Schwab. Every week we debate which team had the better week, which team won, and then we have an arbiter, a guest arbiter, come in and judge who the winner was. We actually did our first episode on Monday. Uh, Matt Harmon was our guest arbiter, and he was a great judge because, uh, spoiler alert, he picked someone who I admire a lot to win. That episode. But you're going to have to listen to the episode to find out. It is Empire Nation, available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your favorite iTunes podcast. You can follow us at Twitter on at Empire Nation Pod. I'm going to make sure I unfollow. Wow. (laughs) We have no followers. Wow. Um, Awkward. Christian, let's go to um, your made-up word, Amazaballs. Why why would you... First of all, what gives you the right, sir... (laughs) What gives you the right to make up fake words? Uh, creative writing major. Oh, okay. Sorry. Apologies, <laughs> sir. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally sorry. I'm overly qualified. I'm very sorry. Anyway, you use the term amazeballs. That's obviously two words combined into one. Yes. 
Amazing. Yes. And then balls. Yeah. I'd like to start with balls. Okay. I, I, I'm going to get away from this ball thing because I realize it's throwing a lot of confusion into my... Uh, <laughs> I just like to add balls to everything because it makes the word so much more epic. It really does. Incredible. Incredible balls. Amazing. Amazing balls. I mean, it just makes the word so much better. Uh, so, in a nutshell, what I'm saying is I thought the movie was amazing. Except for one uh, for one detail, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into. Uh the movie to me was um, way above average for uh, superhero movies. In fact, it beats out a lot of Marvel movies. I feel like that movies. is a direct shot. Well, <laughs> I, I just well since you brought up where you're, you know, sort of where you put them in terms of superhero movies, I would say uh, that for me it it beats out a lot of movies. I, I it's definitely in my top ten. It's probably not top five, but it's definitely in my top ten, which makes it way above average because there's been that well, many superhero well, movies. What's uh? What what would be in your top ten? Just out of curiosity. I mean, not to derail your point, but to derail your point. To derail my point, not, Guardians, well, Logan, Winter Soldier, uh, and a couple of other movies, and this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't go through the list. I you know, it's yeah, I yeah, said it's probably in my top ten, right? Okay. You um, think Shazam is in your top ten? Yes. Wow. Shazam. Shazam. Yeah, yeah. Shazam. Interesting. Well, maybe it's 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 definitely better than average. It's definitely in my top half, right? So far, we have an average person and an above average person. Yeah, well, amaze balls, amaze balls. I was I was thoroughly entertained by this movie. Uh, I thought it hit on several beats very well. It tied together three distinct plot lines pretty seamlessly, which a lot of superhero movies can't do. Wait, three plot lines? Yeah, um, the bad guys plot line. Um, Billy Madison. Billy Madsons, and well, I guess it's really just two. I, really, I guess those are the two that kind of combine into no. Uh, well, well, Billy Madison has two, really, right? His he's dealing with the super, the superhero powers, and then also dealing with family and his mother. Couldn't you argue though that that's still the same plot line because you can everything leads, everything started and led to because of that one singular. But I path. so I still look at it as two plot lines that sort of interweave together. And yeah, there's a lot of similarities, but those in my mind, those are two still two plot lines that run parallel to each other, and then they intersect at various points in the movie. And I thought that was really well done. Um, you know, I thought, uh, you know, I thought the the both the actors who played young Billy Madsen and older Billy Madsen did a great job. I wish they they had more in common. It, and what I mean by that is sometimes I felt young Billy Madsen was too emo and older Billy Madison or Shazam was too kitty. So it didn't always seem to match up. Like it, it, it wasn't a perfect uh, thing, but that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm willing to overlook that. Um, I actually, so to be honest, I thought the action was perfectly average. The CGI, perfectly average. The special effects, perfectly average. And I was still extremely, extremely entertained by this movie, which tells me a lot. That tells me the writing was good. The performances were good. The directing was good. And that, to me, that's more important in a movie than uh, any of those other things. And so, so Shazam is not just a above-average superhero movie. To me, it was a good movie. And uh, that's why I say Amazeballs, because it far, far surpassed my expectations as well. Amazing. Yeah. Amazeballs, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so for my, my word was goofy, and the main reason for that, we're used to kind of like the typical... Marvel goofiness, you know, the one-liners, um, specifically, um, s- you know, specifically in the Marvel films, you have a lot of folks, you know, with the one-liners, the, you know, kind of 
making fun sometimes of the fourth wall or making fun of superheroes in general. We've not seen that in the DC um, comic line at all with any of the films that have come out so far. Every film has always been insanely aggressive, violent, and just plain dang nasty scary sometimes. And this one, there was a lot of moments where they added some of the similar uh, goofy uh, Marvel tropes, if you will, that you see, and then they took it to another level. Specifically, there's that one scene where they're both, towards the end of the film, uh, Shazam and um, the evil eyeball man with <laughs> the sins. Uh, Mark Strong. Mark Strong. Hold on. That's hold his on. name. Mark Strong's character, who is Dr. Uh, Savannah. Savannah. So Dark, Dr. Savannah and Shazam. Thaddeus. And Dr. Savannah starts yelling at what he's going to do. I'm going to eat the your, your beating heart and destroy the world and blah, blah, blah. And Shazam says, dude, I can't hear you. Because they're too far away. Because they're too far away. That was brilliant. It was amazing because a lot of times you see this iconic moment um, in a lot of superhero films. And instead of kind of, yeah, I can easily hear you and building the intensity, it was like more of a, I can't hear you at yeah. all. Um, and then I, th- I don't know if they did this on purpose. And with the tone of the film, I feel like they did. But there was a lot of hero shots. Mm-hmm. A lot of the epically slow standing, putting your chest out. And at one point, I feel like I counted maybe three or four within 60 seconds of that happening towards that end last fight. And I think, I think, I truly think they were, they were kind of just, you know, trolling us at that point where, where they were like, maybe, you know, why not? I mean, and then there was also uh, another piece that was really goofy was when he's fr- he first gets his powers and he's trying to figure out he hears like a female scream and he runs over and it's he thinks a woman being mugged but it was actually the woman using pepper spray on the uh, criminal <laughs> and he was screaming like a girl i thought that was actually really really funny oh, i was, was like hilarious. okay that it, it set up everything really really well uh and then also you know he he's a superhero and the first thing he's thinking as well is i'm gonna go get some beer yeah. I yeah. thought that was great. Beer, because, strip club. Yeah. Was, it makes okay. it, It's 15 years old. Exactly. I mean, yeah. It makes him seem like more of a realistic character. Yeah. And it made everything about the film feel more grounded. Mm-hmm. Right? Remember, in some ways, the first Batman, it felt a little bit grounded because they were using practical effects. This was more simple in the sense of what does any 50 like 14 50 year old kid what are they going to go do yeah you know majority of them in the united states this is what they're going to go do and not only that but like a 15 year old with a fairly pretty complicated like past right he's not like your average 15 year old either he's bounced around for foster homes you know we find out later that his spoilers (laughs) uh that his mom you know completely pretty much abandoned him when he was like way you know tall and he spends the whole movie trying to find her um so yeah, I've actually had the uh, either the privilege or the curse of sitting next to Ravi during several movies now, several specifically DC movies, and I remember Justice League. <laughs> Ravi, it was literally like Ravi cringing and going, "What the fuck!" Like he looked like during Justice League, Ravi looked like at several points he was going to stand up and like just walk out, you know, go on a bathroom break and never come back because this it was movie, such an amazing film. This movie, Ravi was literally trying hard not to crack up. Like he was trying to stay composed, and I saw him like going, like yeah, it was some. It was really, funny. It was great. It was, it was some real life life lol moments. Yeah, uh, for the older folks that listen, that means laugh out loud. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I thought that meant lollipops over licks. Anyway, let's keep moving things along because that was weird. 
you know, so obviously we've talked about a couple of our favorite pieces of the film, you know, through us discussing discussing our one word impressions here. Uh, Arjuna, what would you say would be, and this doesn't like, and this doesn't have to be a particular scene. It could just be an overall theme. It could be uh, editing, camera. What was the thing in the film that you remember as the the one thing that you just, ugh, why did you do that? There were a couple of shots. Mm. Where there was like one where he was Billy. I can't actually remember what the exact scene was, but they slowed it down and it, it had that like look where it was like really like nineties cheesy, like This is towards the end of the film yeah. where Dr. Savan is shoving a fourteen year old's head into an ice pond. Yeah. And then uh, I believe one of his sisters is being um attacked and he looks up slowly and it's very clear that they didn't plan that. Yeah, it was not it was not shot that way and it was done in very late in post and it just looked terrible it it was it was awful and it, I, like some of a couple of those moments took me out a little bit like they're forgivable but you know when it's when this is a warner brothers big dceu you know 200 million dollar type of production those mistakes are kind of glaring to me you know this isn't this isn't like a a 10 million dollar five million dollar film this is this is a this is a big film that a lot of people have been working on for two plus years, you know, from pre production all the way to post and and everything. And it's just weird that something like that got out or they didn't choose a different shot or or something. Was, I feel like this was the director and the producer just yelling at each other. Maybe I mean mm. I mean it it certainly happens where I, I've heard I've heard for some cuts it's just like the director comes in and tells the editor what to do. A producer comes in and tells the editor completely something different. <laughs> and then if it's like a big star like a Tom Cruise, they come in and tell the editor. So to do Tom, something. Dick, and Harry, <laughs> something, literally something else. To why? Do. Uh, why you would want to be a editor in mainstream Hollywood always confuses me. Because you love the art. Yeah, the, but they're the not art. creating necessarily art. I know. I know. Either oh, way. Believe me. Either I, way. I know, either way. Either way. I do um. want to bring up one thing. So the movie is heavy on bullying. Mm. And, uh, you know, some of the char- you know, all the characters, the main characters are foster kids. And actually, we had our chat on for this show and we started getting bullied. Did we? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh. Uh, we had oh. some we had some Here's cyber bullies on YouTube specifically calling us names. So I actually had to turn off the live chat on our live stream. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you can watch the live stream on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, whatever. But I have to turn it off because there are some comments that aren't, you know, very appropriate, I would say, for a live stream. Even though we do swear on this podcast. Wow. <laughs> Damn. We've got some... Uh, uh, hmm, I really want to see them. You can... you can, Actually, if you look at my camera right now, you can see uh, the biggest bully of them all. Oh, yes. Cat. Well, that cat, man. That cat. There. I will say... I can point. I will say the part of the movie that kind of frustrated me a little bit and it's really my only like quibble with the movie overall. Is that last fight scene just dragged way too long, and I think, and I think a lot of the issues that you're talking about comes across because the the last fight scene feels like it's forty five minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just it was too long. If they they kind of sh- you know sh- shortened it a little bit, you know, it, to me it was too long. It just dragged a little bit too much. Like the movie had a nice pacing up until that last fight scene. I understand they were trying to hit several like turning points you know in you know that last battle scene like you know you know turning points important like uh things that they learned within that fight scene sure and those those parts are cool it's just that the action in between getting to those turning points took too long i think you know i think there wasn't enough yeah i don't know uh, uh, one of my one of the the more interesting choices in this movie that kind of reminded me of uh spider-man homecoming 
was the very first scene focusing on the villain. Um, you're kind of watching this kid and you're like, oh, is this like young Billy at first? And then you hear his name is Todd. Mm-hmm. And then the, the thing kind of happens. And you're like, oh, this is probably the origin for the villain, Mark Strong's character. Um, also, fun fact, they do kind of, they don't name drop him, I think, specifically, but they do allude to Black Adam. Really? Yeah. So when. Uh, yeah, when? Because I was waiting for that the entire so film, they honestly. Did. So the sorcerer, ta- I think when he's talking to Billy, says. Or when he's talking to, to Todd, he says, we, we once accidentally gave it to someone and they released the seven sins. and That was Billy. He was talking to Billy in the beginning. Yeah, so that's yeah. referencing Black Adam. So Black uh, Adam was the first Shazam? He, he's the very first Shazam who was, was tons, a long, long time ago. Uh, and then in the eyes of the sorcerer, he you know, did all this this evil and stuff, and that's why the sorcerer Shazam waited to bestow his power on someone truly worthy. Uh, I don't know I don't know uh, Savannah's backstory very well, so I don't know if he is, like, another one that's chosen but gets this eye thing or whatever because he, he doesn't have the exact same powers as Shazam. Obviously, he doesn't transform. You know, he his powers come from the, the seven deadly sins, but, um, yeah, I thought that... I thought it was... You know, it was interesting to focus on the villain to start when the reason they didn't do Black Adam was because they didn't want to focus on the villain too much. Hmm. And I don't know, for me, like, I like Mark Strong as an actor. I think he's strong and very capable, but it kind of came off as flat. Like, this is a movie about Shazam. I've never seen anything about Shazam. I want to get to Shazam. And it just felt like a, you know, plodding along a little bit. While I thought, like, in Spider-Man, when they focused on... um, on Vulture, on um, Michael Keaton's Vulture, that worked because there's been five Spider-Man movies before. I don't need to see Spider-Man's origin again for the sixth time. Um, I can we can start with the villain, and I already know. Wait, Spider-Man. so you're saying that this film didn't give you enough Shazam origin story? No, no, no not that it didn't give me enough. It's just like the way the movie started. I want to start with Billy. I want to start with Shazam. I didn't want to start with the villain necessarily. Right, but mm. starting with a villain, we need a villain for a hero. No, you're right, but I just I I felt like that that beginning scene didn't add enough for me to justify this is the way it starts because like he murders his dad and his brother and I get it's his motivation, but it was just like it felt very long and I was I was kind of like I was that was probably the most boring part in the movie to me so I was like very bored to start the movie and oh, it took me a while to get back up to being excited again while I kind of wish they just we started with Billy and we started with Shazam. And I think you can sprinkle in this. I think you could have sprinkled in the same amount that you had with Savannah and it would have had the same effectiveness. Cause I'm not going to say he was a great villain, but he, I mean, he wasn't, he's certainly not the worst superhero villain we've ever seen <laughs> in our lives. Uh, Malachi, but Malachi <laughs> is a great villain. You take who, that back, young who man. The, who the hell is Malachi? Uh, Christopher Eccleston's dark elf character from oh, Thor Dark no. World. The yeah. Chamber of Secrets to the MCU. <laughs> I, so I will disagree a little bit because I actually liked the starting with the villain because I think superhero movies, too often the villain is either completely overpowers the hero or is completely underdeveloped and you know no one cares. So I felt like at least starting with the villain... And you knew from the beginning, right, at least three-quarters of the way through that opening scene, that, oh, this guy's going to be the bad guy. And I like that because now we know motivation. We know that his family life sucked. I enjoyed it because at least at least with that character, I was able to connect. I'm like, I understand 
I at least understand why you would do the things that you do. Too many times we're dropped in the middle of a superhero movie. If you start with Billy Madsen, all of a sudden you have Mark Strong come out of nowhere. He would ju- he would then just become like a typical villain. I understand that you said to you he was a typical villain, but at least to me that opening scene added just a little bit extra, just just enough to make all of Mark Strong's um, over the top, over the topness during the movie. Like I understand, I, I understand what you're doing. Yeah, and I think it's fascinating too to start with the villain first because the villain came, the villain came first, as opposed to the hero coming first. The hero came because of the villain, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times you see the villain comes because of the hero, Batman, Joker. Um, but in this story, we see a a hero rise because there was a need because of this villain who was created out of good intentions, hmm. not done the best way. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. So I mean, yeah. that in itself makes it definitely different from any DCEU film. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving right along. Oh, wait. Did I talk about your... Yeah, what was your least favorite part? Oh, I think I, I mentioned it. It was that, that last battle scene dragged on way too long. Yes. So. Agree with yeah. that. And then uh, to, to, to add on to that, the other thing about the film I didn't like was the introduction of the, the Marvel family, the Shazam family. Mm. I felt like that was a little bit too much. It was definitely a nice little tearjerker and kind of let's bring the family together because the adopted family is a big part of the Shazam character, especially in the comics. And there is a separate line, but I felt like it just felt kind of too much like, Oh yay! Everyone's got powers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is that sort of like, do they still have powers? Yeah. They have full blown powers. So it's anytime they say Shazam, they'll get their powers. Correct. Oh, interesting. They are full on the the siblings and everything. Quick question though. So each one of those they only have one power. No, no, they've correct? got the full. They do slate of powers. Well, I think I think they each have a focus. It seems like yeah, right. Like the the little the little girl super hers fast. was super fast. Um, you know, uh, uh, what's his face? Um, could fly. Yeah, Freddie. Freddie. Freddie yeah. could fly. Yeah, <laughs> Freddie could fly. One of them had super strength. The other one had the lightning. The video game kid, and then I forget what the sister had. Uh, I would have guessed invulnerability was probably her main one. Sure. Because that's the only power that that's what it, That's what it seemed yeah. like. It seemed like they each specialized in one. Yeah. Maybe not as powerful. Still as have all the gamut, but even in the comics, I was reading a little bit on them. Um, it's not like that they're all full-blown crime fighters because, I mean, Shazam in terms of, you know, excuse my nerd analogy here, but the power levels, you know, Superman is ranked as number one. Shazam <laughs> is like a very close second. Really? So if yeah. you could imagine oh, that they damn. all had full-blown Shazam powers running around, that would be a little bit insane. You would not need a Justice League. Not at all. Yeah, right. Not at all. And then you essentially have four. I mean, arguably, you don't need a Justice League. I, I honestly thought what was going to happen was they were going to pick up on the uh, uh, crisis on two Earths. No crisis. A uh, Flashpoint Paradox comic book line. Really? You thought that was going to come in this movie? Potentially where uh, Shazam is all of the adopted kids. They come together, say Shazam is one, and become Shazam. I thought what was going to happen was they were all going to jump into just his thing and get more powerful. That's what I oh, thought was so going to happen. That's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, but this, like was, this was nice. Yeah, like a Power Ranger or a Megazord, Megazord type thing. But this was, <laughs> this was definitely interesting, kind of funny. Um, I mean, it's really funny when you think about, like, as a director, right? You're watching, you have these actors, these six, you know, fully grown adults, and you need to tell them, all right, now you're an adult. 
Yeah, but you're, but you're really still a you're kid still a child. Yeah, and you have superpowers. I thought they did a good job. Go. for you know for for the brief time they're on screen. You know, like it was a little overdone. You know, a little bit cheesy. But I thought it was, yeah. it was well, fine think, for what it was. I think that's the point of the whole movie, though. It is cheesiness. Yeah, it, it's interesting, right? We talk about the DCEU, and that's I think they're especially with these last two movies, Aquaman and Shazam specifically. They're they're really leaning into the cheese part of it <laughs> yeah. like they, they've gone fully opposite of where they were three years ago with batman versus superman and they're just going full cheesy because the other thing didn't work yeah it's probably easier though to do that with characters like aquaman because let's be honest there's no way you can have aquaman without making it cheesy because too many people make fun of aquaman you know you know what i'm saying is it's, it's a character already too you know made fun of to not make it a cheesy movie. And then Shazam is literally a kid running around in an adult's body. That's automatic cheese, right? So those two movies might lend itself better to that kind of a portrayal of those characters. Wonder Woman wasn't cheesy. And any Batman or Superman movie they'll do in the future probably won't be cheesy. Superman they should make cheesy, in my opinion, but they won't. Well, they didn't. They made him a murdering psychopath. They made him a little too serious. Speaking of Superman... What did we think of the mid-credit <laughs> oh, scene? That was was that mid-credit scene or was it the end of the movie? It was, it was the, the end of the movie. Oh, it was yeah, the end last of the one. movie. That's yes. right. It was the end of the movie where you know Shazam comes in. He saves you know saves his foster brother. You know makes him look cool. Everybody's like, oh, I brought my friend in, and it's Superman. But it's clearly not Henry Cavill. You know, you only get the you get below the head, and then um, uh, Freddie freaks out, and they cut to the credits. What did we think of that? What did we think, especially with all the the rumors going around that? You know, Henry Cavill's out of Superman. There's no Superman movie in development. You know, any Justice League follow-up is dead. You know, Batman's being rebooted. Like, they're they're doing a soft reboot to the DCEU without doing Flashpoint. Like, they're just they're just trying to, like, move on. I and, think and that's fine. Forget. Honestly, I, I think it's fine. They need to some good movies, so I'm totally fine with that. Like, but, but what do, do you guys what you think? Need to do. So, so saying all that, though, mm-hmm. but don't you think it confuses people, then, to put Superman at the end of that movie and not show who he is? No. No. Well, it, it might confuse them, but I think that's part of the joke. That's part of the cheesiness of it. It's like, uh, it's almost like the fact that, that we're sitting here, like, kind of making fun of it is, like, I think the point. They're hiding his face because they don't know. And they can put whoever they wanted in that in that costume, right? Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, these actors are playing these characters, right? These characters are bigger than any one actor. Right. And nobody mm. going into a comic book superhero film should feel like, you know, it's it's me or, or that's it. Right. Well, because you, that's too much power for one individual. But you would say but you would say though that some franchises like the MCU are gonna be running into that issue. For example, Iron Man. There's ever only been one live action Iron Man, mm-hmm. and that's Robert Downey Jr. In fact, Robert Downey Jr. has become so synonymous with Tony Stark. Yeah. He looks like him in the comic books. The, the, the mannerisms and everything are the same. They've adjusted Tony. The they've books. adjusted the yeah. comic books to reflect Robert 100%. Downey Jr.'s <laughs> role and of that that film. So I, I feel like you can't like that's a guy you can't recast immediately. That's not, a guy you probably have to wait a while. I would say. not immediately, but you could just change. Yeah, you could have this big event and not yep. bring him back. Exactly. Or yeah. Iron Man: The Mantle is taken up by the guy uh, Rhodes, who plays War Machine. Because right. that, that happens in the comics. Right. So it's that that to me is simple. DCU doesn't really have that. At least in the Marvel comics, they've done a good job of 
every iconic superhero being played by multiple characters, at least recently. And that's been both a good and a bad thing for those well, comic books. Well, well, DCU doesn't right. really well, have Well, the that. reason they've done that is since they started the MCU, like especially the last 10 years, Smart. they've started doing that because they knew yeah. that this was that what they're going to run into at some point. So they've definitely introduced more and more mantles, more and more different personas taking on yep. those different characters to, to basically prep the audience of like, I mean, this is what's going to happen one day. It'll be great because in about 50 years, you'll have some like nerd magazine, right? Uh, basically coming out and being like, okay, we've had five Captain Americas. We're going to rank them now. Who is the best, right? And Chris Evans will be in the top two. I mean, you already have that. Else. You already have that with like the Batman's because there's been five Batman's. Yeah, yeah. So but, many uh, but at least, but at least in the MCU, it right. will still be a connected story. It's true. That's how they're trying to set it up. Yeah. And sometimes that is both a good and a bad thing for them. At least with the DCEU, they can go almost into every movie, and it's like, well, we can have a random person be Superman because sure. it's connected, but it doesn't have to be that connected, right? And, 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 they, and they're already right. doing that with the Joker movie. All kinds of other stuff. And they have already recast. They recast a pivotal role in the MCU to almost begin it, right? The Hulk. Bruce Banner. Yeah, that's true. Was was recast from Edward Norton mm-hmm. to Mark Ruffalo. And I remember that was, there was a big concern that, you know, we got, we got this solo Hulk movie with one guy. And now the next time we see him in Avengers, he's a different guy. Will people be able to connect the dots? I remember the, big, the biggest issue with doing it that way is then people thought the O3 Hulk was also connected to the MCU. Oh, like a different Hulk? Yeah, like it was the same. Like it was the same arc for the character. They just had cast different actors for it. Oh, interesting. And so some people were confused of like, ah, well, well I don't understand. That story doesn't count. <laughs> good stuff. Very good stuff. No, I think people are smart enough to figure it out on their own. People are dumb. People or are dumb, can, <laughs> or at least they can go online and Google the answer. Right, you know? and then you know people are googling. AdSense is made. It's economy, guys. This oh, yeah. this helps the economy. It does, and you can hear a plane overhead. They're coming for us because we're reviewing this movie too early. <laughs> yeah, right. Speaking of early, there is a Rotten Tomato score. Let's there hear is. it. What do you guys think it is? Ninety three. You looked it up. Yes, I did. <laughs> ninety three. It is because he said it. It is ninety three. Do you guys think after seeing the movie, it's too high, too low, or just right? I think it's a little too high. It's a little too. It should be. It should be probably like low to mid eighties, in my yeah, opinion. Same. Yeah. Same. same. Like it was, it, it was great. Is it the highest? It's not, not ninety three. DCU or is still uh, Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman. It the highest? is tied with, with Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman? at ninety three percent. Can you guys guess the other Rotten Tomato scores for the other movies? No. There is seven. <laughs> there's. This is the seventh DCEU movie, by the way. We are not going to go through and rank all of these right now. At last. Oh, no. my God. Let's <laughs> just... No, we're not going to do that. If you want to know, you guys, those listening, you can go to Ron Tomatoes. I'm, I'm sure you know how to use the internet. <laughs> I can just... I can I can run through them real nope. quick. Nope. 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 It's, we, fu- it's a fun fact. It's not a fun fact. <laughs> That's a second. How about you talk about how much money this movie is slated to make this opening weekend? This movie is slated to make... Drum roll, please. I'm going to guess not that much. Really? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why in a minute. Oh, okay. That, that actually surprises me. There's nothing else major... Mm-hmm. That's out right now. What month is this? March? This is, no, this is April. Oh, shit. It's April. Yeah. Interesting. According to Variety, the movie is slated to make $45 million plus million in its opening weekend. Is that low, high, or medium? It's pretty low. I would say that is probably a little low Do you know for why? a superhero movie. Do you why? know why? Yeah, why? It's totally being overshadowed by Endgame. People are so focused on Endgame. Who gives a flying F about a superhero in the DCU that... 
many people don't know about. Shazam is not a well-known character. He's coming out right before the biggest movie event in the history of movies. Of course he's going to get overshadowed. People are like, oh, Shazam? Okay, but Endgame's in a couple of weeks. Uh, this, should, this, this should be a social clip for when inevitably the movie makes way more yeah. than we anticipated. Because Which it, one? Shazam? Shazam. Because this so? is it, it's 45 million domestically. Yeah. So that's not it's pretty good. that's not including the international numbers. So okay. it will it will make good money. Oh no. There's there's no way it won't make good money. It's still going to come under projections. I don't know what the projections are, but I I feel like they're going to be under because it's too close to Endgame. So Krishner is it's sandwiched saying, in between we're, Marvel. We're doing movies. a quick prop bet here. So Krishner is saying he's doing the under in but terms of the film. We need to know making. what the projections are before I can even Actually, take that Actually, here's a, a, well, real quick, real side tangent to this. It's connected, but not necessarily 100% connected. This is the lowest budgeted DCEU movie. Damn. Really? That's interesting. Yes. That's that make, actually, this that makes sense. This movie cost 80 to $100 million. In yeah. comparison, Justice League cost $300 million. How makes, much was Wonder that Woman? That totally makes sense. Uh, Wonder Woman cost $120 million. Shazam doesn't have any big names in it. Not really. Aquaman, Mark Strong is probably the biggest right. name in that movie. Aquaman cost $160 million, And those are the three cheapest MCU movies and the three uh, three of the highest rated and three of the highest grossing MC- oh, DCEU movies. See, it doesn't, it doesn't just mean having big names. makes a, Big names and big budget uh, doesn't, give you, doesn't give you... Oh, that has, not, that has nothing to do with it. I'm just saying the timing of this movie, I think it's going to hurt. That has nothing to do with the names. I think it's a lesser known DCEU character... And uh, the fact that it's just so close to Endgame, I think people are like, you know, there's a lot of superhero movies. Superhero fatigue, movie, superhero movie fatigue is a real thing. And I think people are like, you know what? Let me uh, Shazam. That's a good Netflix movie. That's a good movie for me to rent on Red Redbox or iTunes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree because we've been we've been talking about superhero fatigue for almost like two three years now. That's true. And it's not slowing down. I don't think the superhero fatigue actually exists. We'll, I see, think, we'll see on this movie. This I is a good think, movie. Sure. I think it's a it's a thing that we as critics, because we are critics, I think, critics, I think it's something that we inherently feel. Sure. I don't think the general population feels that because looking at that theater, this was a you know, a Thursday at four PM. Yeah. You had clearly like professionals, you know, who probably should have been at work that decided to like put on their their favorite you know dc t-shirt or their favorite dc whatever and go see this film it's still resonating and it's still hitting you know that nerd audience and they're Mm -hmm. still coming and seeing it and they're still gonna they're gonna go back to that office and they're gonna tell their you know sports colleagues the word of mouth is all powerful yeah very powerful i don't know if you guys know there's a lot of families there too yeah, it's family. It, even though it is a P, it's a PG thirteen movie, but it is very family friendly. I would say more so than a Batman vs Superman or even a Justice League. Yes, um, and it feels like with Aquaman and specifically Shazam, they're trying to lean some of the DCEU movies into a little bit more family friendly. So if we're just looking at like business strategy here, Warner Brothers has switched to let's lower the budgets, right? Yep. So then we can give the director more creative freedom because. Now we're not sinking $300 million into this where, you know, if this doesn't make it, we're losing a crap ton of money, right? 80 to $100 million, that's not hard to make up for a superhero movie. Of course. Uh, you know, it's not like $300 million. So I think because of that, because they're, they're, they're going a little cheaper with some of these movies and not having the big spectacle necessarily, 
they're like I said, they're giving they're giving more freedom to the director, more freedom to the story, and so you're getting more quote unquote authentic stories from your storytellers who are leading into this this cheesy kind of family realm that might be missing. I mean, you have the MCU, but let's be honest, how many of those movies are truly like family friendly? Ant Man. Ant Man's the only one because it sucks <laughs> so <laughs> much. Spider Man probably. It's probably Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man's pretty family friendly. friendly. Yeah, yeah. But that sure. is a so, it's a Thor, Sony Thor, first. Thor's Sony pretty, first. Thor's pretty family friendly. But Actually, all of them are pretty family but friendly. But you, I mean, Let's be Infinity War, they all are. Infinity War and Endgame. They don't though, swear at all in those movies. Infinity they have a couple War, of S words. Infinity War and Endgame, even though they are PG thirteen. Yeah. I would not say it would be a family friendly movie. I would say a family. If you're parents and you have young kids. I think you would have some hesitation. But they don't, though. That's the thing. Because little kids fill up those areas all the time. They're buying the toys. They're like, oh, I want to see my favorite superhero punch some bad guys. Let's be honest. They're not killing humans. They're always killing aliens. That's a lot easier to sell that to kids, right? When it's when it's like a, a superhero fighting aliens than it is to fight, you know, a superhero fighting another human. And that's how that, Marvel's really smart with that. They're like, we can make this family funny. And it is family funny. Like, I don't... That might have been, been a... Uh, a concern 20, 30 years ago. It's not today. That's my opinion, but I, I just don't think that. The, ra- the rating system has definitely changed in the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, right, because you can get away and, with a lot more. No, you can, and Disney was a big part of that, specifically sure. with the Marvel films because they wanted to sell those Boko dollars or make those dollars. And also and also have it appeal to the widest audience possible. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. The shotgun yeah. effect. Yeah. You know, I think, I think all families should see Logan. That is a terrible Family idea. Family friendly. And uh, speaking real I quick, agree. Logan actually reminds me. So be- at the beginning of the film, I leaned over during the you know the epically long AMC trailer binge. And I was like, Krishna, we're seeing a, a DC movie, correct? Because all I'm seeing is Marvel fucking trailers. We saw about what four? I know it's funny. We uh, didn't even get at least four. We didn't even <laughs> get a Joker trailer. Right, which is insane. <laughs> that is weird. Which is insane. That is so like, weird. What the hell? Well, you know why? It's probably because the Joker will be rated R. Ah, that call. doesn't matter. They've shown uh, rated R trailers at PG thirteen films before. That's true. It's not something they, I have seen. They, before, they don't yeah. like stop or anything like that. Like just because you they see just a, that have like a watered down version, yeah. maybe or something. Yeah. That's very interesting. Like at a rated R film, you would see like the red band trailer or something for for a Joker. Hey, you know Warner Brothers needs the money. I guess wow. I don't know. They probably sold out. Yeah. This is how they sell out to 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 Disney and Marvel. At all of our films, you can show your shitty movies. Nice, that are better than ours. I think it's that time, kids. I think it is. We beat this one to death, which is a good thing. Yes. Wait, did everyone say what their favorite part of the movie was? Yeah, we did. I talked about the goofy parts. Oh, that's right. He talked about the amazingness of it. <laughs> yeah, and you talked about the averageness of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, Kr- Krishna. Oh. Oh, I was going to start. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Because we never start with you. That's true. Ravi, was Shazam good? Yes. It was better than Justice League. Wow. That's a a low bar. That's That's a low bar. Shut up. Krishna. Yes. First question. I'm going to ask you two questions. Goddamn. Was Shazam better than Triple Frontier? Oh, that's a good one, actually. That's a really good one. It was. Oh, shit. So so does that mean, was Shazam good? Shazam was good, yeah. Wow. I think that's pretty obvious, though. I mean, I, I don't know. I used the maze balls. Here's the this, here's the wild side, card. Go ahead. Ask the wild card over the wild, here. Yeah, it's true. He's he's kept it hidden all day, all all night. I think he's just annoyed with something else, so he's taking it out of this film. Ooh. 
okay. Interesting theory. Interesting theory. Arjuna. <coughs> Arjuna. Arjuna. Was Shazam good? No. Get out. Surprise, surprise. Get I mean, out. he said average. Come on. We also like why was Why? Why? Uh, Redo the whole. I'm just kidding. We know why. <laughs> Listen to the right early parts of this podcast. Wait, but but would you watch the movie again? Yeah, definitely. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And so forth. And so forth. And so forth. Uh, damn it, you beat me. Yes. Well, I think that was a good podcast, guys. Um, I, I would watch it again. Great. No, no one asked me, but I would. <laughs> so you didn't like the movie the first time where you watched it again? That doesn't make I sense. I didn't say I didn't like the movie. I said it wasn't good. There's a difference. We're not getting into that. Thank you for listening. This was our the. Uh, let me let me start over there for my outro. Thank you for listening. This was Was It Good? We just reviewed Shazam. Two out of the three of us thought it was good. The one who didn't shall not be named. I'm your host, Ravi. Once again, joined by my two brothers, Christian and Arjuna. Voldemort. You can find us on Twitter at Was It Good? On Instagram at Was It Good BTM. We are part of the larger Bad Tacos Media Group. Umbrella Corporation. Find us. Ask us questions. And we will see you all later.